and welcome back to another episode of the Hero Ball Podcast. I'm Richard Davidson, and I'm with my good buddy, Elkin Beltry. Now, it's been a while. We've, Elkin, we, we've been trying to meet uh, with Ethan and, uh, and and you and me, and it just it just hasn't happened the past few weeks. But we're getting back to it, and just in time, because ch- the trade deadline is just around the corner. And Elkin, your team and my team expect to favor heavily in 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 these here times how are you feeling about that i mean it's been a long time coming for the pacers we've been meddling in the middle and finally they're just like all right fire selling especially with their record too we've got that i think we're 17 and 30 might be the record i'm not too sure in, that's what it looks like to me in my mind though they started a little bit too late on the tank job uh your team has definitely got a head start they kind of knew the drill already and with, with you guys, you guys kind of made a made a splash with Jeremy Grant back a few a year ago, and then you were like, "All right, show him off a little bit." Now we're ready to move this piece. Yeah, and with with you know Pistons sitting at eleven thirty four, right? There's one of the things with with this trade deadline, and I think with the rule change of the play in, it really makes. Uh, I feel like it. It limits who can possibly be sellers. Like your team and my team find ourselves in there, but you're the 13th seed in the East, and you end up being like I don't know, like five, six games out of the play-in, like just making it into the play-in. And guess what? The teams that are ahead of you, Atlanta, New York, and Boston, like fighting for that 10th seed. Like I'm sorry, I, they're they're going to be more likely to get it than you. So like the Pacers end up being a team that can make the decision. Hey, let's go ahead and and sell off. I don't. Atlanta's, I mean, Atlanta's trying to consolidate, right? The Knicks are trying to, they're, they're not trying to, to, to tank, which is different than in years past. Uh, and so out West, you know, got a similar situation where teams are trying to get into the, into the play. And I think that that limits the sellers. But like you said, your team, my team, we're right in it. And the question is, is it time to trade Jeremy Grant? Is it time to trade Sabonis? Is it time to trade Miles Turner or Karis LeVert or whoever else? And and so that's what we're going to get into today. Some of the names that we think are going to feature heavily at the trade deadline, which two and a half weeks away, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, I I want to start personally with, with Jeremy Grant. Go ahead. Um, just do it. Let's just go. Let's hit the ground worry, running. Don't worry. It's, it's going to... Uh, a lot of these Jeremy Grant deals could be the, you know, what if one of these teams prefers Sabonis or Turner? It's going to be a similar kind of working, right? Maybe you got to swap a, a player in or out based off of salary matching or, or, or perceived value. But where the Pistons, I think, start, and that where I think that they want to get to, is a trade with the Chicago Bulls. I think that they really want Patrick Williams, like, it was rumored at the time, you know, Troy Weaver, you know, for his first draft, really likes Patrick Williams, and the Pistons were seventh, and that was like a, whoa, Patrick Williams at seven, and then the Bulls went and got him, like, at four. And so, like, I think that if Troy Weaver can get Patrick Williams, who is out for a while, I don't think he's totally ruled out for the season, but, like, it's for the majority of the season, and it's, well, the Bulls had been a really nice story, uh, you know, maybe they just need that one more piece kind of open this year with, with, with how things are shaping out in Brooklyn. And, um, you know, you got injuries in, you know, serious injuries to, to, to a few of the main teams out there. The Bulls are close to tied for the, the one seed. They're right up there with a few teams. Maybe a Patrick Williams, Derek Jones Jr. for Jeremy Grant trade is something that they would be interested in. I say this, though, right after they've gotten hit with a slew of injuries after having deal, you know, dealt with COVID and all that other stuff, like Caruso out for a you know c- couple months. Yep. Same thing with like Lonzo, right? M- month to two months for, for those guys. Levine's it's, been out, and he's just right now. They're just like, oh, the knee's right. finally looking fine now. So it's like, do are they more incentivized to make a trade? Are they less incentivized to make that trade? But I think that this is the trade that uh, if the Bulls want to say, all right, let's let's put our chips in and go for it. We think uh, Lonzo and Caruso will be ready and back. We can have a basically a full team by the time 
the playoffs roll around, maybe Jeremy Grant can uh, can bring some of maybe the, the the defensive presence that Derek Jones Jr. maybe maybe could against you know someone like Kevin Durant. You know, there's no Kevin Durant stopper out there, right? There's not really a Giannis stopper after he's figured some things out. But if you feel like you've got the collective pieces to maybe make it happen, make it difficult on them. Maybe maybe Jeremy Grant is the is is the person you you go for, and and so that that that's where I think of all the trades that we'll mention here for Jeremy Grant, if the Pistons can make this one happen, I think this is their preference in my opinion. What do you what do you think about about this and this return? Yeah, and I think I think looking at it for the Bulls, I think it's a move that for them they because. Because when I think about it, the Bulls were concerned about defense. That was one of their main concerns. Like people were saying what the Bulls didn't do on defense, yada, yada, yada. And we talked about some of their key pieces are out. Where right now, I think with everything going on with injuries, uncertainty of the top teams, like let's be honest, like the Nets, people are like, oh, if they're all healthy, they're number one. But no one's going to know what's going to happen with the Nets, with the Sixers. And B still doesn't have any help. He's kind of doing it on his own. With the Milwaukee Bucks, they've been so inconsistent. And the one thing I've seen with the NBA after watching it so many years, that when you when you think you have a window, you have to take it because a window will close immediately if to go for a championship. Like we kind of, I think of it like back in the 17-18 season where you had the Celtics make that run to the conference finals with Jason Tatum's rookie year, Jalen Brown's second year, Terry Rozier. He had only been in the league for a few years. And they're like, everyone's like, oh, they're going to be back year after year. What happened? They have been back once to the conference finals after that, but have they made a finals? No, haven't made a finals. And you and I both know that that once that window closes, it could be a long, long time before you get back into it. Like, I mean, you and I have both seen our teams being contenders. You saw the Pistons last time they were contenders, the uh, 2000s. I would say for a solid, what was it, like a 70, seven year run, the Pistons were considered contenders. Yeah. And, yeah. and then after that, it kind of close. So I think if you're the Bulls, if you're able, but but I think it depends because I would not feel comfortable doing it if I'm looking at it with Lonzo and Caruso are both going to be out. Like, yes, they're not your main players, but if those guys, you're like, I can't guarantee that they're going to be out. You're almost like better off like saying, let's wait and let's put this trade off. But but here's the thing, if like, and I think that you're like you bringing this up, like the Bulls, I think are more keenly aware of this. Like you had the Derek. The, the, the Derrick Rose, you know, year where it's like, man, this looked good. Then he then, he, then he's out, and then then we're, they were beyond it, right? And then it's like now then then the Bulls were just in, basically, in the wilderness until this year, and you've traded for Demar Derozan, which people looked at at the at the time were like, whoa, like you're giving all of this up for Derozan and paying him that that salary for a person of his age, and he has proven people wrong this year. But guess what? He's still like. Do you think DeMar DeRozan, like, I mean, this is... There's only so many seasons he has left like this. Like, like we talk about LeBron James every year like this, right? I don't want to draw some, like, connection, like, (laughs) DeMar DeRozan to LeBron James. But, like, at some point, it's going to... At some point, LeBron James is, you know, prime. I mean, he's... Like, I I can't even say, like, LeBron James is past his prime. Like, it's such a wide window. But, like, at some point, DeMar DeRozan is going to drop off. Do we think DeMar DeRozan can be as great as he's been this year for another year, another two years? Like, I don't know how long how long of a window you have. And it's not as if Caruso and Lonzo are out for the whole year. They're coming back in a couple months. They're going to come back before the playoffs. And maybe a Jeremy Grant trade is one that would allow you to – and Jeremy Grant's out currently. He should be, I think, back um, – within a, a week or so of the trade deadline. So you trade for him, you, you know, you get him into your system and, and, and then maybe having him on the roster allows for you to, you know, kind of hold tight defensively. He's one of those guys defensively who's going to come in and, and in theory be kind of like a, a, a weak side, you know, sh- shot blocker, right? Coming in for the weak side, coming in, helping out, um, can do a little bit of one-on-one in a pinch too. Like he's versatile enough to maybe help with some of the weaknesses that you see with Vooch until, um, and until those until those guards come back. So I don't know. I this is where I think the Pistons would like to do it. And I think that the Bulls might be incentivized to say, "Hey, 
this is our window. And if it is, maybe you go here. The Bulls could go in a, in a different direction, though, right? Maybe they think Jeremy Grant wouldn't fit in to the role quite as nicely, and they might say, hey, let's instead go to the Kings, and let's go for Harrison Barnes. We think that he'll blend in better. Like, perhaps that's a move. Now, I, I do have a question about you saying blending in. Because one thing that worries me, which is kind of one of the main mm-hmm. reasons why Jeremy Grant left the Nuggets to come to the Pistons, is him always saying he wants a large role or a big role in the offense. Mm-hmm. Like, for me, I already see it as the Bulls have their two point getters. We know that. Like, they don't need Jeremy Grant to come in and score 20. Like, 15? We'll take that. Happily take that. Now, would Jeremy Grant willingly want to do that? And how? And by the way, real quick, how long is the contract? How much is left on his contract? Jeremy Grant has is this year and next year. And then, but he's extension eligible. And so and he'll probably want a big wants, extension too. I think he does. He, he he's going to want an, an extension that's uh you know going to be in the 25 uh million per year plus. Now now that again, we hear that number and it's big, but as well TV deals are coming in and and that will over the next few years probably work out to be. So if you think Jeremy Grant for the next however many years is going to be able to do what he's been doing Maybe he's probably worth twenty. Years he's probably on the average worth twenty. Then he, he's probably worth twenty. Probably could be worth twenty five. Like, like I think it, it could get there. Um, and it so it just the thing with Jeremy Grant is I don't think he wants to be the number one option, but I think that he would like to have times where he is the the main option or main hub in an offense. Like, which is why I see the Bulls fit as maybe not the best fit for for what he wants there. Like, I could see. Um, for example, a Dallas trade where uh, maybe the Pistons want to get Jalen Brunson in and have him on the restricted market before they, because uh, I, th- I think he's a target for them this offseason with, with the cap space that they have. And so maybe you do a trade where he's there and then in the non-Luka minutes, you're running the show, right? Whereas uh, in the Luka minutes, obviously you're going to take a, a secondary seat to Luka Doncic because guess what? He's Luka Doncic. He's the better offensive player. But you still get your time to shine um, in in that particular role. So I think that he would be more amenable to a thing like Dallas than he would where the Bulls are probably going to stagger Levine and DeRozan, right? And neither one of those is their technical point guard. Because you got Lonzo Ball, who's maybe doing a little bit of you know initiating it, uh, himself. Obviously, he's he's less odd ball than maybe like a Luka Doncic, right? Some of those types of point guards, but. It just seems like in the Bulls system, perhaps they would be better suited with the Harrison Barnes, um, who maybe doesn't have the aspirations to be kind of the central guy. So I kind of the Bulls. Maybe I go there unless I think, man, I, I need I, we need someone to kind of hold our head above water until these guards come back. Uh, and maybe having that extra offensive firepower um, is the way to do it. I, I don't know. I don't know what their preference is, but. Um, no, I get it. I get it. Yeah, but but I want to I want to hear some of your other trade ideas though for Jeremy Grant. Sure. So I, I mentioned the Dallas one, uh, Jalen Brunson, mm-hmm. uh, Powell, and Sterling Brown as the as the money matching, yeah. and and that would just be again for for, for Dallas to kind of get another guy in there. Uh, maybe they have some hesitancy about investing that much money into Brunson. I think Brunson could fit pretty well next to uh, Cade with 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 what he does, um, and uh, so that 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 that's one. Um, the Hawks, I think would be interesting. Uh, although they, they moved Cam Reddish, which like up until they did that, like Pistons hands were like, Oh, well maybe Cam Reddish is going to be involved. And I think more so it's like the, the Pistons would want Onyek Akugwu. I think that they would, uh, appreciate getting him back as the main thing. And the money matching would have to include maybe a DeLon Wright, bring DeLon home. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, TLC, I think, for, for some money. And then I think the Pistons in that situation would want a first-round pick that maybe isn't as... Like, maybe it's the Charlotte first-round pick, where it's one of those ones that is uh, protected. Um, like, the protections on that one are, like, Lottery 1 protected. through 18. Oh, 1 through 18. No, no, no. They're, they're, they're 1 through 18 this year, so it's... Oh, uh, you're right, you're like, right. Like, unlikely that it, that, that it would... Um, I don't, it's not likely that it would convey this year. Then it's one through sixteen, so it's, it's a first that eventually becomes lottery protected in twenty four and twenty five, 
and then it becomes two seconds. It's like, basically, it's a non-lottery pick in a couple of years. And the Pistons have one of theirs that they've sent out that's kind of like that. So maybe maybe you do something like that. I, I don't know. Um, I don't know if the Hawks would do that. They've got their own issues. Again, like they're, they're barely ahead of you guys in the, in the standings. So uh, they, they have their own issues there. Um, the Miami Heat, if they wanted to do that, like Duncan Robinson hasn't had the best year of three-point shooting. Well, guess what? Jerry Grant hasn't had the best year this year either when he was. So like, but if they wanted to like get another guy who is of that size, man, uh, where, 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 where it's like, you have this all Uber switchable lineup. Um, that'll make that team outside. dangerous. Ooh, that'll make them like, they're already dangerous. Yeah. And, and I, again, I don't know. I don't know what Ethan would think about this. Uh, cause you know, they went out one of their big free agent acquisitions in PJ Tucker that has started to be pretty, you know, pretty good, but could you get another guy in there like Jeremy Grant and have him locked up? Uh, the cost would be, I think Duncan Robinson and a first round pick, is what I think the Pistons would ask, because uh, what's the point of Duncan Robinson on the Pistons? I think he helps Cade Cunningham um, with providing spacing in the in a similar way to the Kelly Olynyk uh, maybe uh, decision, you know, or, or, or off off season signing. Uh, so, but I think the first round pick, you know, you would expect that eventually. Like I got I think twenty five is what I did because it was the first available one. I would have probably done. A couple of seconds, if the Miami Heat had second round picks to give, um, but they don't. They so never have I, second round picks. That's why. Yeah. So I, I twenty five is what I figured. Hey, they're probably still going to be good. So it's going to be a non lottery first round pick. The Heat don't really have a problem giving some of those up, um, but maybe they just like what they have. I mean, right now they are uh, third in the East, and Brooklyn and Chicago ahead of them, who have huge injury issues. So maybe Miami's could. Maybe Miami's just good standing pat. Um, uh, there's, there's the Lakers trash offer, uh, which has been noted, which by <laughs> the way, Horton by Tucker. the way, Richard didn't actually write the offer there. He just wrote trash. Just so everyone knows. I, I did write that in the doc. I mean, below eventually, you know, it's the, what can you get for Taylor Horton Tucker, Kendrick Nunn, and their, uh, they have a few seconds and they have like their 2027 20, first round pick. Uh, so like, what can you get with that? I don't know. I don't think it, like if that's the best offer the Pistons have, I'm just saying let's just hold on to Jeremy Grant, take him to the offseason, and, and see what happens there. I when think maybe teams are more amenable to. I think to, Richard to personally, I personally think he would die a little bit inside if that trade were to happen. I think he would die. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I would not be happy. I mean, like, what does Taylor Horton Tucker do for the Pistons? Like, what does he give us that we don't like have already? Uh, Kendrick Nunn, I don't need to see him on my team. I like I like let, let him play for the Lakers one game first. I it's like I don't I don't need, I don't need to see him. Um, anyways, uh, there's that. And I have a, there's like our beat writers, um, James Edwards III of the Athletic. He mentioned he has like kind of gone back to a hey, let's do a Pacers Pistons like just Miles Turner Jeremy Grant type of trade. Maybe, maybe that does something where it helps the uh, Pacers make a little more sense where with like having just one center out there and playing and, and you've got Jerry Grant who maybe can, in a similar way to how he could help Vooch with like some weak side defense, maybe you have a little bit of that with, but does with it, a Sabonis. You but know, does, it make, sense, Sabonis does there. it make sense for the Pistons though? Bring it in Turner? I mean, with the Pistons, I think we went out and got Kelly Olynyk as like a – Floor spacing big for um, for Kate Cunningham, and I think that like he's been injured for a little bit, but when he's been out there, it's it's been a helpful thing. And with Isaiah Stewart, uh, like for me, like I, I've kind of viewed him as like a like a really good uh, off the bench big. And if he's your starter, it's kind of like a you're dealing with like it's it's not as, as helpful. Like he's he's not as helpful as I wanted to be. He's, he brings a whole lot of good, good effort and stuff, but sometimes he's not the best roller, um, and he ha- does not have the ability to space yet. So it's just kind of a hey, he could do a, a bit on defense. He's not super tall, but he can he he find he knows exactly where to be, and because he knows where to be, like that's good. He could switch reasonably well, but 
Like it feels more like a, hey, you've got a potential legitimate role on a, on a good team, but you're probably best suited for a bench role. So like, I think that's where it goes in, where you're giving space to Cade if he needs it, a pick and pop threat, and someone who can maybe be a better rim defender than Isaiah Stewart. And so, um, I, like it could be fine. He's young enough that, sure, it can it can fit within within the time frame. I just don't know if I care for it that much. Like, I would rather, like, uh, I'd, I'd rather the Bulls or the Hawks, like, um, or the Warriors move, where it's like, hey, let's go, let's go, let's go super young and let's do a Wiseman, Moody, and salary filler. The problem is the salary filler gets you to four players, and you don't really see many four for ones, uh, like Bielitsa and. Uh, Damian Lee, like, let's get a set, really going to send off a relative off of the Warriors. Like, I don't know. That doesn't seem like it, it's, it's the best move for, 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 uh, you know, Thanksgiving, uh, you know, dinner. If you're, if you're sending Damian Lee out of, out of here, uh, you know, found a mini miniature role there. So like, I, I don't know if that makes tons of sense for the Warriors. They want to hold on to Kaminga. So I didn't include him. Like you can get there with Wiseman and Kaminga, but they would hold on to Kaminga. So I don't think they'd be as amenable to moving him. Um, so that, that that's it. I mean, I I look at it and I think to myself, they I think the Pistons would rather go young. Um, and but you know, maybe maybe this is the year where they are about to have maybe you go after Turner there. You have you say, hey Sadiq Bey, you're 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 getting there. Maybe let's go, go sign Brunson to a restricted offer sheet. Uh, this offseason, and then you're rolling out, you know, Brunson, Cade, uh, Sadiq Bey, um, uh, Hamadou Diallo, or, you know, some, someone else, and you got Turner out there. So, like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's the decision. Maybe that's the move. But overall, I think the, the Pistons still hope that the Bulls want to give Patrick Williams. Yeah, that's what it sounds. I feel like that. that's what it sounds like. That, that's what it feels like. I mean, I think for you, it seems like as a Pistons fan, out of all those trades you name, and it could be even be by the way that you wrote them on the sheet, it seems mm-hmm. like you're most, you'd be more excited for the Bulls one or the Hawks one. I feel like those are the I ones. would be most excited for the, Bull, for, for the Bulls one because I think that Patrick Williams, like, fits. Like, if we did a Kung Wu, like, okay, cool. Now, like, it's kind of the issue of, like, the Turner one. It's like, okay, well, uh, you know, it's, it's another center. Isaiah Stewart goes to the bench, and that's fine. But, like, it, I guess it just depends because there's a lot of, like, power forwards in, in the draft. This, But you, you, don't, you don't know that you're getting uh, Jabari Smith or, um, like, a check home run kind of probably has to play the four initially, even though he's super, like, maybe it's ideal if he could be the, a five. Like, it that it's a weird thing for him. So I, I don't know. I... I would prefer Patrick Williams over Okungwu. Then I would probably hope for the Warriors one, but I, don't, I, I just feel like the Warriors are going to stick it out uh, with where they're at. Then maybe the uh, Brunson, then Duncan Robinson, then the Pacers and Turner. Actually, probably Turner over the Duncan Robinson and Miami Heat one. I think I'd probably prefer that. And then the Lakers trash at the very bottom. Honestly, trash. they're even... The, the Lakers trash is like, let me just not make a trade. And then below that is the Lakers trash trade. So that, that, that's, that's, what I, that's, that's where I stand. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, all right. So let's go ahead and move on since we gave a lot of limelight to one Jeremy Grant. Yes, now, yes. now, the next one is uh, it's a Pacers. Not so, kept, not so well-kept secret in the NBA that the Pacers are beginning to sell. Kind of seeing 17 and 30, they're like, yeah, this isn't going to happen. So three guys we brought up have been Sabonis, Turner, and Levert. And Richard already touched a little bit on Turner. But I think we should go ahead and start off with Sabonis because I think, for me personally, I think that's the piece that intrigues the most people around the league. And right now with Turner being injured with that foot, people are kind of weary about that right now, I bet you. Yeah, and and correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I feel like it's a thing where you're not trading Sabonis and Turner. Like reports came out, like it's like, hey, it's probably one or the other. Yeah. Like it's not a total, like complete tank rebuild type job. It's a hey, let's go ahead and figure out which one 
it's not working out right now with both of them yeah. here with Carlisle. So, and and what I feel like is mm-hmm. they're probably going to want to trade the one that gives them the most return, which is a bonus. Like, I mean, that for me makes the most sense. Now, now you brought up an idea. I started off giving like some possible two teams ideas, two team trade ideas, but you brought up an interesting three team trade. So this is one of Richard's ideas, which I didn't mind as a Pacers fan, but of course I'm very biased. So, yeah. so go ahead, so Richard. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm off here, um, and, and maybe this doesn't work, but it, it it includes the Pacers sending away Sabonis and Levert, all right? And not just that, we're going to have them send their 2023 first-round pick. Uh, protections can be debated um, and probably haggled over, probably would be here. Um, but three-team between, obviously, the Kings and the Sixers. This would land the Pacers... Uh, ben Simmons and Davion Mitchell, where the Kings are sending Fox and Heald uh, to the Sixers. So, so Sixers get Fox, Heald, Levert. Pacers get Simmons and Davion Mitchell. And the Kings end up with Sabonis, Tobias Harris, and that Pacers 2023 first round pick. I, when we did this, was like, okay, well, where, if we, just the players, who who asks for the first round pick and well for, it felt like the the Pacers definitely had to give it right the Pacers have to give I think a first um in this it, honestly they might need to give more I it, it's I when I and maybe this is the the where it begins to break down a bit but it's like I feel like the Kings and Sixers are probably asking for some extra capital and, and maybe that's just because I saw the the, the rumors that and I, this is coming from Daryl Morey's mouth to whoever reported this, but it was like the they turned down uh, Halliburton and Heald, whatever type of crazy trade that would have like been like oh the you know center on Halliburton also with like the some of the other pieces like the Sixers should definitely accept that and and the report is that the Sixers turned it down. Okay, so like that that didn't make much sense to me, but so it seems like the Sixers are asking for a lot. But maybe they realize, hey, it's this year you got to go for it. Maybe um, Fox and Heald give you kind of what you, what what you you know kind of get get the return you want. Heald allows for teams to not be able to double team. Uh, maybe on, on a post up for Embiid, right? You put him on the strong side, and you, you can't dig down and, and help off because Heald's going to knock that down. And then you do bring him some more. I think with Fox and Levert, you have shot creators, which you kind of feel like right now with the Sixers. It's pretty much Embiid. Like I'm looking up and down that roster, you would have. Tobias hasn't been as good. That's the thing. Like Tobias is, I don't want to say he's falling off a cliff. I don't want to go that far. But you could definitely see a dip for what they're paying him. You need so you need him to be another playmaker because when you look at their roster, it was kind of built for me. I kind of saw it built like Ben Simmons being one of the main playmakers, Joel Embiid from the post, and then mm-hmm. Tobias Harris to kind of. I, he, he's not more of a playmaker for others, but for himself, for being serious. But as far as creating off the dribble, when, if you if you were to do this trade, bringing in a guy like Levert and Fox, I think that will put you more at a, hey, this is an advantage. And by the way, I don't know how much is coming across. I don't know if you hear any banging, but my I don't know what my upstairs neighbors are doing right now. But it sounds like someone's just stomping in place. That's, That's okay. That's okay. We take it. So sometimes I hear pods where like, like it's like Chad Ford's thing because you know Pistons are bad and he's got like he's like in Australia and they've got like wildlife out there in the background so it's okay we live with it we live with it. Um, the only other thing that I could think of with this is maybe for the Kings' perspective, like you're sitting there, you're thinking, well, why do we need Sabonis and Tobias, and we're giving up guards and we're keeping all of our bigs. Like this is the problem with the Kings roster to begin with. It's like they only have guards and bigs, right? So maybe it's a thing where maybe Fox stays where the rumors been, Hey, let's go ahead and hold on to Fox. Let's hold on to Fox. And, um, uh, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll hold on to Fox and Halliburton there and we'll send healed. And, and maybe it's, you don't send Fox Maybe instead you send um, uh, Harrison Barnes. That way you can kind of get that replacement. Because one of the things with the Sixers as well is you got Tyrese Maxey, who's fitted pretty well and has, has made a, a leap into year two. And maybe 
Fox kind of steps on his toes. So maybe it's that type of move. And in doing so, maybe, maybe Davion, I don't know, like, Maybe Javion Mitchell doesn't get sent, but I feel like it. In order, that's where like the Pacers' first round picks coming in. But maybe the first round pick then goes to the Sixers instead. I don't know. Those are just some of the random ideas or thoughts that I have here. I don't. This is not perfect, but yeah, and I could see something happening. I think for me, sometimes it makes it complicated. Just like I don't know what Daryl Morey's asking price really is. I mean, we kind of do know. I mean, he wants a at first he wanted an All Star caliber player, but like the All Star players that he would want are most likely untouchable like the only player that it could have possibly seen because way the way things are going now i don't think it would ever happen but i i could see like i don't know if the blazers would do it but instead of mccollum a lillard like if lillard said he wanted out like he outright said it i bet you the sixers and blazers will be more serious in their talks between ben simmons getting over there that's the one player who i feel like yeah, that would happen. And, and we'll get to the Simmons destinations eventually. But when it comes to this trade like that we brought up with the Pacers and Kings with the Sixers and Sabonis, I'm just like, I don't know what will satisfy more. And you're right. It could be more. Maybe the Sixers need some more first round draft picks to even begin this. Like they might, they might say like, hey, we need like at least one first round draft pick coming our way. If we're going to put if we're going to throw that in the barrel, one has to come our way no matter what. Yeah, and again, this is the tough part. The more, the more teams you add, the more people you add, now each team has to a- appropriately agree on value. And that's the tough part with, with any multi-team trade. So uh, overall, I think it's interesting. I don't think something like this necessarily gets done. And if it does, I feel like it's, it, for whatever reason, it's like more simplified. Like Dave, Davion Mitchell probably doesn't, doesn't get moved. Um, and, you know, maybe Levert also isn't involved it just maybe it gets a little sim- more simplified here uh i just think any simmons to bias trade is just ridiculous <laughs> it's just the amount of money going out and coming in just it's a, it's a lot uh so that, that was my one like kind of crazy bonus trade obviously you could do something more simply if there's a team out there it's just it's weird because like the teams that i think would like you said Sabonis might get more value but like the teams that are actually going for it I don't see them as necessarily fits with Sabonis. It's more returner. So that's the thing. Like some of those teams, yeah. like is that the problem is with that not just a foot injury, but I think it's the they're not sure what's going on. I think that's what teams are like they're reevaluating it. That's where they're kind of like iffy on it. Because I feel like with a healthy Turner, for me, I think he's more of a complementing piece for a team making a championship run than a Sabonis. I don't know if, I think kind of what you were saying. No, I yeah, I agree. And and here we we just saw a trade get negated right with, with the Pistons. Like what what if what if you're the Warriors and and you're like oh we really want to make a run for it. Like it's got to be one of like one of the ones we mentioned for Jeremy Grant. Let's go send Wise and Mooney Bielitsa, uh, and maybe that gets us to uh, Turner money. And then you get there and you realize uh oh this foot thing for Turner is gonna not allow him to play at all this year, and like canceling that trade and bringing those young guys back that that's tough for a locker room especially a lock like for the pistons it is what it is because we're a bottom dweller anyways yeah. and but with I, a group I, like just, that where you have the know, warriors like and, rookies yeah it's tough now now one now the next trade you brought up now moving on to turner this, these are this is the team i have heard associated with the pacers a lot the hornets i think going back a few years as soon as people say oh is turner available possibly now, you brought up that Turner, and in return, the Hornets will be sending back Oubre, um, Plumlee, a Pelicans first. Is it this year, or well, what are we going with? Well, the problem with the Pelicans first is all of these are, like, protected. So, like, Yeah, this, th- that's what I figured. Uh, is it one of those that, like, if it doesn't convey this year, then it changes to this, and then eventually it'll turn into two second-round picks? No, it, it, it's, it's pretty straightforward and quick. Like, it's the Pelicans... First round pick this year that's protected selections one through fourteen. So it's lottery protected. Which and if it doesn't convey, then it immediately becomes two seconds. A second round pick this year and a second round pick in twenty twenty four. Which it kind of so, feels like that's what it's that's what it is. So I can set up because the way the Pelicans are playing. Well, the way that it happens is all right, we like Zion comes back, you make the play in. And then you have a sweet couple of games, and now you're in the playoffs, and now you're out of the lottery. Like that—that's that that's, that's the avenue. I just don't know if I buy that. <laughs> like, 
I don't know if I buy that as as a thing that would happen. So it's a for me if I'm the pacer from the Pacers, like, do I really want to be sitting here a year from now after trading Turner and saying, "Oh, sweet, we have a year of Kelly Oubre," like as the only return? Like, I don't, I don't think I want yeah, that. Yeah, and and the Pacers were notorious for we have a wishy-washy relationship with our second round picks. We're not a team that digs to find diamonds in the rough. I mean, we have found some, but so the, I think the, that one I'm less likely to do as a pacer. Like I would probably do, and I would definitely do the Pistons one for Jeremy Grant before right. this one, which of course, I mean, with Jeremy Grant, I think the other thing you have to think about like, Oh, we would have to, I think you would have to extend him if you're the Pacers. Like, yeah. After trading with Turner, yeah. like you would have to, and then you have to think about, all right, we probably want to trade with some other pieces at that point. But I don't know, like, because I've even heard with Turner, Dallas might be in the mix for him. Uh, with that, like bringing in a solid center, and you already brought up the Warriors piece as well. Go ahead. What about what what about this? I, I messed this up when I made like it, rather than Plumley, forget Plumley. Let's just leave him as a backup there. Maybe it is instead PJ Washington. That way, it's that's like, the only hey, the guy I can think of. Yeah. Oubre, PJ Washington, at least you got like someone on a rookie scale deal who's restricted. Um, and like that way you don't get into the, Oh, the first didn't convey. And now it's two, two mediocre second round picks. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe you do something like that. I don't know. That potentially, I mean, I feel like the Pacers would want, a piece like not an all-star caliber player because Miles Turner's never been an all-star, but I do think they want someone they can keep, they can keep them relevant. And I think PG Washington, I mean, from what I've seen, I think he is a solid guy. So I, for me, I wouldn't be too upset as long as some picks are right. The picks are right. That would be the only way. I feel like, I feel like you need an actual first round pick. Like, I think you're cool with like, Hey, it's a lottery protected pick that eventually is like, it's a one that's going to convey. And you know, like the two seconds are like, far enough away that it's probably not going to be two seconds, right? Or it's got to be one of those that you know, you know like a really sweet, like, hey, the, if it doesn't like convey, then you're getting like the 31st pick in the draft, right? So, something like that where, where I just don't know if I, if I see it happening. Um, if, I, if, I, if I see that happening quite quite as, as well. I mean, we already mentioned the Warriors as a possible, um, you know, destination there. Uh, I've heard people like talk a little bit about um, a Memphis move. Uh, the Memphis move, I don't know. I feel like it would have to include like Stephen Adams and like a pick. Maybe it's Zaire Williams or I, I don't know exactly what that is. But like I've heard people trying to pair Jaron Jackson junior with miles turner i am um, and have just uber spacing around yeah. uh uh john Moran, who's, who's who's gonna put pressure on the ribs i don't know ah. but i i do want to talk about i think moving on just one of the looking at levert trades there was one that i found and you kind of brought it up it would just be cavaliers a trade with the cavaliers would just be levert straight up for rubio and the cavaliers throw in a 2022 first which the way the cavaliers are playing Looks likely, I think it's going to be um, out of the um, lottery. So that that's where I'm viewing at it now. Yeah, I, I with with where they're at. I mean, you you look at them. They're they're definitely going to be a uh, playoff team. Like they're the they're the fifth. I mean, I guess I shouldn't say that, but like they're the, they're the fifth seed, and like I think it would take. A bit to drop into the below that. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I mean it's probably a lottery protected thing. Where yeah. It's like, hey, here's our first round pick, lottery protected, uh, and but yeah, I mean, it's like you get Rubio, you get his rights. Maybe you want to keep him or extend him or uh, who knows? Like I feel like the Cavs liked him and, and would love to hold on to him. Yeah. But if it's if they think, hey. We want to make a little bit of a push this year. Maybe, maybe you can get a little more with from from having Levert. That that's what I can see. Now I I feel like we should go on and just keep this thing going because I yeah. we do have still a lot of few things to cover. But Simmons, 
So we talked about possible destinations for him. Um, I know we brought up the Pacers as one. Um, you brought up the potential trade with the Kings as another mm-hmm. one. Now, there's. do you see any other potential destinations for him right now? I think Atlanta needs to be dis, uh, discussed there. Again, they're, they're in a weird spot being under 500 right now at this point in the season. And like they want a consolidation trade. I don't know if it's like if John Collins and stuff does it. Um, I, I don't know. Um, but I feel like it would have to be like John Collins, DeAndre Hunter. Um, and you'd probably need a, you know, first round, pick as well again it's, it's tough because Maury's done a pretty good job of like keeping I think Ben Simmons perceived value up there where like like I think his values dropped but it's a thing where it's like well if if we don't get commensurate value then we're just not going to trade him and the fact that they haven't really budged off that up to this point like I think has kept his even if you think hey he's maybe not as valuable you don't think that the you know Philly is going to drop drop what they're at, drop their asking price, and so maybe that's a potential destination. I think um, I've always said Denver would make a whole lot of sense, but it just doesn't make sense right now uh, because of where MPJ is in in his injury, and it's just you're not going to be able to have the the matching. I know that the um, Timberwolves want want to be in that discussion, but I don't really see how d'angelo russell like he have to be like the centerpiece there. i don't really yeah. see how that does yeah much because i feel like i feel like maury would want to start with anthony edwards he's like we want to get if they want to get someone like anthony edwards over here that's what i feel like and, anthony, and that's just and that's just a non-starter it's a non-starter for yeah for, for that team and that's all and then of course we brought up one before the pod that if some of the rumors are true about Harden being out i think we kind of perceived it as like this will be one of maury's like top choices for a trade. I mean, if yeah. you can get a guy like Harden, I think he would do that in a heartbeat. If he was like, oh, Harden and Harden's, I think where Harden's at right now, Harden's been playing amazing the last few games. Like, you could see him getting back to how it was before. If the Nets were like, hey, let's do this trade, that's the trade that I feel like more would be like, all right, you got me. Problem is, that trade's probably not happening until the offseason. Uh, well, it wouldn't happen to the offseason because what's going to happen is, um, and, and both teams... I mean, Philly. I think can. I think they'll they'll show. Hey, if we're not if we're not getting what we want, we'll wait. Um, and Ben Simmons just is not going to play this year. And with the Brooklyn Nets, you look at them and, and Kevin Durant's out for a little bit. We're about to have the Harden show, and we'll try to figure out. You know, sprinkle Kyrie Irving into the away games, and uh, it, it, we'll do the best we can. But if this season kind of goes sour. For, for them, and Harden doesn't like the way that... It, I don't like playing with Kyrie, Kyrie Irving every other game. I don't, you know, I don't care for the fact that maybe, you know, uh, I'm not the guy anymore, or, or Kevin Durant's getting too much shine. Not, I mean, Embiid's going to get all the shine in, in Philly regardless, but maybe it's a thing where he says, hey, I want out. But the problem is, no contending team has cap space next year. Like, they just don't. Pistons have cap space. Like a couple other teams do, but guess what? James Harden's not going to the Pistons. But you can do a sign and trade, and that's where it would ha- that's where it would um, be in to to factor in. The problem is, then you're hard capped, and Tobias Harris's salary ends up being an issue in in anything w- with that. But I think that you could probably swing things and make it happen at that point. But we're just waiting till then now, and that that ends up not being a trade deadline thing. So it would be a Maybe it affects it because it gives Daryl Morey more, hey, let's hold out hope if we don't find the offer that we're looking for. But at the same time, if James Harden wants to leave and wants to sign with the, uh, um, in Philly, wants to be, you know, with the Sixers a year from now, he says, hey, I'm leaving and and makes that threat. Brooklyn's probably say, okay, well, let's, let's do a sign and trade. And, and, and get somebody else in here. Maybe it's not Ben Simmons. Maybe it's whoever they get for Ben Simmons uh, at this deadline. So, you know, th- th- there's still time. I don't see many other teams out there. I mean, Dallas, but, like, they don't show have enough. So, uh, 
Yeah, we brought up we brought up briefly the Portland Trailblazers. That's only if Damian Lillard. I mean, but Damian Lillard seems like he's also taking his time coming back from injury, where he's at. He's not in a yeah. rush, and we already said uh, CJ McCollum's not good enough, and he's coming back from that lung issue, anyways. So we kind of see it where this happening. And then, of course, there's always uh, infamous Lakers are going to get any player that they want. So they're, of course, somehow thrown in there. But let's talk about some of the other smaller players in this trade deadline that are coming up. So we have just a litany of stuff. Um, one guy you brought up was Eric Gordon. I think I have heard recently him rumored to finally be getting ready to trade. I heard stuff, correct me if I'm wrong, that the Rockets are trying to get a first-round pick out of this for Eric Gordon. Well, I, I think that that's what they've been hoping for. The problem is he makes this, the salary is, you know, a bit tough there. Uh, maybe, like, I could see the the Rockets maybe tr- trying to do something where maybe it's Taylor Horton Tucker and maybe it's the, maybe it's the Lakers trash offer, right? Taylor Horton Tucker, Kendrick Nunn, and I think they'd love to get the first round pick, but I think the Lakers would say, ah, that's you know, they would love to send that out for Jeremy Grant, right? And I think that Eric Gordon is lesser value than that. And so I think that they would try to make it happen with, like, the extra second-round picks that they have. Um, like, hey, let's do that in Taylor Horn Tucker, uh, Kendrick Nunn, and, like, two seconds. I think that would be the Lakers' preferred. And if you're the Rockets, it's like, mm, sure, why not? Like, I could see them. Now, I could see them doing that. If you're the Rockets, should you consider it all? The Westbrook with the 20, 2027 first round pick for John Wall. Should you consider that at all? Like, should you even give the Lakers ten seconds of your time on the phone? I, I just don't think that makes sense. Like, I don't think that's a legitimate like trade offer for the Lake. Like, this isn't. It doesn't make any sense for me from the Lakers. To be honest, like, John if Wall- I think that Russell Westbrook is the no, I, I, if I think Russell Westbrook is the problem, um, like the. Addition by subtraction is the idea for that one, where you're bringing in John Wall. Like John Wall's not shown that he can be a um, a legitimate basketball player since since coming back from his injury. Like he's not shown that really, and so he's not playing this year. Like if he was playing and he was showing some stuff, then maybe we could talk ourselves into it. But if I, I feel like the Lakers shouldn't make that move unless they think that it's going to make them into a championship roster. I think you you're just better at. Gambling and, and, and hope that just staying pat and keeping your first round but, pick. But and you have to remember, Richard, who the GM is. We also didn't think, or I didn't think, that they would give away Caruso like that. I didn't think that they would make the trades that they did. But I can see I can see themselves, I can see the Lakers front office convincing themselves to say that John Wall, trading him, trading Westbrook out for John Wall will solve a lot of our problems. Like, that's what my worry is right now. I just think that they would be more likely to say, hey, this first round pick that's a ways off, like, let's see if we can't, you know, get something. We'll, we'll keep Westbrook and, and maybe let's, let's again, send the Taylor Horton Tucker none and that first round pick or whoever picks it to get just a couple more maybe complimentary pieces. It They, they made their bed with Russell Westbrook and it's it, tough, but I, I don't mean, think that like. I think, I think someone, someone brought it up good. There's a, there's someone I follow on Twitter called pro history he said that russell westbrook's career is eerily mirroring like currently the way it is how alan iverson's career ended what did you get from alan iverson you want a guy who was like i'm still gonna be this amazing superstar but you're like oh no you're better suited off getting less minutes off the bench going that route but he's like no there's somebody and that's what he's pointed out and that i kind of see it more and more where i mean westbrook says he's gonna do what he's asked what's asked of him but I think at this point, I think it all for me it all came down to the Lakers were probably thinking they could change Westbrook's mindset. That's what I thought the Lakers probably thought. They're like, we're going to change him. We have LeBron. We have AD. And I know those guys met with them. But at the end of it, they realized that we can't. Westbrook is who he's going to be. But then you look at, because going from Eric Gordon to that trade package, the THT none picks, you're pretty much looking at, like, funny how those two are right next to each other in our list. You're pretty much looking at, that for Eric Gordon, like you're going to just bring in another role player, but what options do you have as far as role players that you can bring in? Some people talked about, oh, get Miles Turner. There's no way the, the Pacers are going to trade Miles Turner for THT, none in picks. They're, they're not going to do it. Then watch the Pacers do that. Oh my gosh, if I'm wrong about that. Yeah. 
they won't, but yeah. they wouldn't do that. But like you're thinking, like who could the Lakers bring in besides an Eric Gordon for that? And it's it's very it's going to be guys like I mean, you might have to look at teams who are in the bottom of the standings who are kind of like the Rockets who are trying to give away players. And I mean, we have a few like OKC, Orlando, Boston, those those ones, but I don't. Yeah, see- like I, I look. I look at like OKC like in, in, in Kendrick Williams like I, I think I think he is maybe one where if you could get him for like a couple of seconds like let, let, let's go do let's go do that might as well like, yeah that, that that yeah like that's the type of move that I think like would be wise for the Lakers to explore maybe it's a ah uh, like again Orlando looking at Orlando it's like Gary Harris or Terrence Ross um with with that package I I mean. I personally would prefer, like, I would like to have, if I could get Eric Gordon and Kenrick Williams at the deadline, like, mm, I mean, and you're still holding on to, to Russ and making it, well, at least now you have some people who you think, hey, this this person could play some offense and some defense for me. Like, the problem with the Lakers is they, they're only offensive lineups or only defensive lineups. Maybe you, maybe these guys could be something where it gives you that semblance of two-way play where you can trust them on both ends. And maybe that's it. I don't know. Now, I still think so. People talk about the disaster the Westbrook trade has been. If we go back before the trade, I still think the Lakers would find a way to trade KCP, Harold, and Kuzma. I still think they would look like, yeah, we see Kuzma doing his thing, but it's completely different in Washington, the system that they have compared to Lakers. I know people like to point out, like, oh, look at these players who flourished under LeBron. I'm just like, let's be honest, guys. Like, when you're playing with LeBron, you know LeBron's going to have the ball a lot of the time. He's going to dictate the way the offense goes, yada, yada, yada. So a lot of these guys aren't going to get as many touches, whereas, like, you have a Kuzma in Washington who, I mean, besides Bradley Beal, Washington doesn't have much as far as offensive options, really, like as far as explosive offensive options. But looking back at it, like, I still think the Lakers would have gotten rid of those guys some way or another. Maybe it would have been the I heel mean, trade. I, th- I think it's – yeah, I think it's the Kings trade and – um that type of thing, but yeah, I mean the problem is you the the rust trade. Like if you do the heel trade, you got smaller pieces. You can make more trades. Doing rust just limited you, so now you're kind of stuck. And, and this is these are the only avenues you have. That's the thing, and like even even with the other trades you could have done, the smaller trades, you would have had more flexibility if things wouldn't have worked out. Whereas the rust trade, you see that's not working out because of that contract. It makes it. Very, very difficult. All right. So mm-hmm. just going down a little bit. So you brought up some of some of these people who are some of these teams who aren't contenders like OKC Orlando and some smaller other some smaller trades. So I wanted to hear on these other teams what trade ideas you would have for these other Well, I for these other ones, I don't know if it's more trades, but just like names that I think would be uh, available like in OKC, Kendrick Williams and Derek Favors, like I I think they they would like Derek Favors got dumped on them. They already get the first round pick. So if you just want to take Derek Favors, cool. Like we already got the value for him that we that we think we want. Um, Orlando, Gary Harris, and Terrence Ross. Like they're trying to lose. They are currently winning the we're the worst team in the NBA sweepstakes. So you know, let them. Which maybe they'll. Which I can see. Like I'm looking at the list of these guys you're naming. Where Kenrick with Williams, Favors, Gary Harris, Terrence Ross. You're gonna bring up more guys. Like I'm trying to think. Which of these guys would a contending team want to pick up? Like, if you're a contending team, why not make a trade for a guy like this if you think that will give you a nice little push? Because, like, yeah. I see a guy. I mean, go ahead. Mm-hmm. I just think like, Kendrick Williams is easiest because he has a small salary. Ross and Harris have bigger salaries. Like, that's tougher to like make happen. But if you're um, a team maybe that has a contract that you don't love and maybe you just want to get a little bit of you know, a little bit of help in there. Maybe, you know, maybe you can make it some sort of move. Um, I, I, I don't totally know. Just these are teams that like I don't see the point of Gary Harris or Terrence Ross being our Orlando. Like I'm pretty sure that they're both expirings this year. I have to double check on that. But so like I could see them as being really gettable. Or maybe it's a thing where the deadline comes and it's hey Orlando wants to give more minutes to young guys. Um, Let's go ahead and buy these guys out, and then these guys become available as free agents for for some of these contenders. Like that, that maybe is what I see as more likely for like those bigger salary guys. Um, uh, other teams that like you would think aren't going to be sellers, 
would be like Boston or the Clippers, but with Paul George's injury and with Boston's kind of struggling, like I could see them uh, being willing to move off of a shooter who's a Boston, who, who's you know, he's a, he's a one year thing. So it's like if you're not making the move, if you're not getting a championship, like okay, let's trade Schroeder, right? Or Josh Richardson, you extended him, but maybe you can find a trade offer that that makes sense. Um, for the Clippers, it's well, maybe we're not going to be successful this year if Paul George really is out for longer than we anticipate. Who knows about Kawhi Leonard? Maybe we're not still in it by the time those guys are back and, and functioning and ready. So maybe we just tell take this opportunity to get rid of an ex, you know sell an expiring like Ibaka if you can get them for him. Luke Kennard, who's probably a little bit overpaid um, based off of how other teams may, may, may view it or. I know they love Marcus Morris in there, but he probably could, like, out of the people who make money, a contender, I think, could look at him and say, hey, he could be someone who's switchable and fit in pretty well with some of our other guys. So maybe they look to try to sell some of those. Um, a couple other guys I have here is Raptors, like Goran Dragic. Uh, he's not suited up for them at all. And, like, the worst-kept secret is I think that, like, he could – get bought out and go to the Mavericks. And so maybe Mavericks trade Brunson and they get him come to, to fill in that role, right? Um, and the Spurs haven't done a thing really with Thad Young that like, it seems like he's getting iced out a, a bit. And so maybe they're available, maybe they're amenable to, to, to trade him. Or I don't think they, they would buy him out. That just doesn't seem like their MO. Uh, I mean, they, they did for LaMarcus Aldridge, but he's a different type of player. I don't know. Um, that's, those are the kind of like people and, and teams that I see as maybe being willing to, uh, you know, make a trade or, or just some names to kind of keep in mind. I don't know. What do you think? I think those, those are some really good names. Like I think of contending team or teams that are contending, looking for guys to kind of bring in, to give them a push. And I look at teams that are like, things didn't go our way. Like I think of like Boston, for me, I don't think they ever had like champion. I think I know that everyone team wants to win a championship. But I don't think they're like we're a championship team, but they're like, oh, these guys could help us out. And then they kind of see like I think it's just been a mess though with their coach. With I love their coach as a player, an assistant coach, but as a head coach, has not been the best. And you kind of look at the Clippers. Sometimes injuries happen. Injuries just pile on, and there's not much you can do about it. And we know that they don't have. Oh, I forgot when they when did they get their first round picks again? The Clippers. I mean, they're in a similar situation to the Lakers, where they really don't have. Because I know, I know that Paul like, George trade. Like, yeah. Really, really, kind of yeah. just like. And they and they did some pretty bad trades previously with Doc as well. I mean, Doc with some first rounders. Doc gave up. I still remember Doc gave yeah, up. Think... Doc back in his day gave up a first round for Jeff Green. I won't forget that one. Yeah, I think that the first first round pick they can give up is in 2028. Um, so, yeah. This might, um, yeah, this is a team where it's like we want to contend right now. The problem is that I think they got to – I think they're going to sell some of the pieces. They're like if we can't do that or find a way to get some picks back in return for some of these. That's, that's the only way I can see it. Yeah. Go ahead. I just see them as kind of trying to like – Hey, this year's doesn't look to be our year. Let's try to reload for for next year, and you know, hold on to Marcus Morris if we think that that he's he'll still be able to be as good and, and helpful for us and what we want to do. Um, but like anyone who we think we can get like reasonable value for that will either help us next year or help us get some assets that we can move to go all in next year. Like maybe that's the move. We'll have to see. Well. I think that for me though that covers everything as far as fake trades. Would have been interested to get Ethan's perspective on this one, but we'll wait. And I, I'm yeah, I'm sure that you know the next time we we connect, uh, he'll have uh, an idea or two that that we've not really included. He'll probably slander me for whatever thing I included the heat in. Of course, um, it's just it's you know it's 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 fine. Uh, but we'll 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 have a couple more pods before the trade deadline. I think that we'll have. I mean, we we struggled to connect, but I think I think that we'll we'll start getting it back together again here, yeah. and hopefully have a pot or two before then, and yeah, definitely, and then we'll be able to see kind of what actually what actually went down. Mm-hmm. So, 
Anyway, good good talk with you, Elkin. And uh, all right, always a pleasure. See you next time.